0: You're listening to GGR Pirate Radio Don't be a juice bag Start your computations for time warp
1: You run around this city like it's your damn shooting gallery Yeah, what do you do? What do you do? You act like it's a playground You beat up the bullies with your fists you throw them in jail, everybody calls you a hero, right?
2: And then a month, a week, a day later, you are back on the streets doing the yeah. same goddamn thing! So you just put him in the morgue. The morgue. This is
1: called power Radio.
3: All of it, it is useless, enthusiast. Don't let yourself be destroyed as Obi-Wan did.
2: $10 for a BJ, $12 for an HJ, $15 for a ZJ. What's a ZJ? <laughs> if you have to ask, big man, you can't afford it. This is called
3: pilot radio. Paying heels, chicks digs cars.
2: Glory. Last nice forever. Lady, I'm afraid I'm gonna have to ask you to leave the store. Who the hell are you? Name's Ash. Housewares.
4: Poorly Leaf make a wish. Wish you weren't so fucking awkward
2: about
3: this. It's called Pirate Radio. Before we get started, be like, oh, these are stupid gons. guns. Guns uh. are for jokes. It's like, oh, no. Action news. And now, your host, Mike Lutheran. <laughs> <laughs> I'm totally
4: going to use that too. All right, guys, let's get into the topic du jour of this evening. It's the nineties movies. I'm so goddamn excited because this list started as like 10 movies and then it turned into like 50 and it's going to be so goddamn fun. I'm so excited. Um, the 80s we talked about the 80s movies last week and if if you guys haven't had a chance to listen to it uh, go check it out there's two episodes it's myself it's james rambo it's uh, emily witten and instead of doing what we did with the 70s movies where it's like hey let's talk about this movie and then let's move on to the next movie we talked about some of the other things going on not behind the scenes but the things that like like for instance when we were talking about masters of the universe and producer director gary goddard and his now as we come to find out Really nasty habit of pedophilia with some. I mean, some big names too. Like it was. um Why can't I think of his na- name right now? Is Dr. Mark Green from uh, ER? Oh, Anthony, uh, Anthony Edwards. Ad- yeah, Anthony Edwards was like as a kid. Gary Goddard molested me, and like we talked about, like what does that mean? Like how do we treat these things now? That we know, how, do, like, how do we treat these movies? How do we treat these actors now that we know that they've had some fucked up things that they've done? And that's not going to be our topic tonight because we we literally, after we're done talking about the movies, we will go into that as a separate podcast. So trust me, ladies and gentlemen, we did not forget about it. We will get into it at some point because I really think it's a fruitful topic and it's a, and an important one to talk about. But I really want to make this one about the movies because I want to make this a joyous podcast. There has been a ton of bad shit that we've heard about in the news lately. I really want this to be kind of a distraction tonight where we just talk about all these movies that we love so much because I feel like I started loving movies in in the 80s. I was like, oh, movies are really cool. And there's a lot of really cool things. But the 90s, when I was when I was allowed to go to the movie theaters with my friends, like when I was able to, like, really fall in love with the concept of them, I remember going up to Blockbuster, riding my bike up to Blockbuster to pick up movies that had come out before I really was really into movies and it it was, it was like the perfect time to learn about this. And we're all about the same age. So I feel like the nineties is like for all of us, it's kind of like, it's just our jam. It's like our, again, when somebody comes to you at work and they're like, Hey, I need somebody that knows a lot about this particular topic. Nineties movies, all of us would stand up and be like, I'm here to save the day. I got you. Don't worry about it. So I want to jump right into this, um, guys. And, I got it into topics. I got it into categories. So there's action. There's Westerns uh, slash historical pieces, comedies, animated horror slash sci fi. And then I just have the generic the best of the 90s, like the movies that really don't fit in anywhere. But they were just amazing works of art that like you would be a fool not to bring up. Um, but what I want to do is I want to let you guys kind of start this off and whichever movie one of you guys brings up will be the thing that kind of kicks this whole thing off. Steve, since you missed the last episode, we'll let you start off because I'm sure you have a, a very large list of movies to discuss.
1: Yeah, it, it's 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 going to be hard to kind of narrow them down to one podcast, really. But um, one that probably doesn't get brought up a lot as like the best 90 movies, it's it's in the comedy realm. I absolutely love the movie Groundhog Day. I, I can't <laughs> get over how funny it is. It takes place in Pittsburgh. Um, I, you know, it's Bill Murray and just kind of that window where he was unstoppably funny before he got into kind of more serious, quirky Bill Murray phase. Uh, the concept is fantastic. It, it's rewatchable. Like, it, I mean, obviously pretty much any movie other than like a sci-fi or a fantasy or something is going to date itself when it's set in the real world, but it's pretty rewatchable. I feel like every time I finish it, it's like time to start it over again.
4: (laughs) That's a great one to start off on, man. Like it, it is, and like you know a movie's good when you start seeing like articles that say you know college courses are now doing a master's thesis discussion of of this movie and they've done that and like you know a movie's really good when when you start having nerds analyze the shit out of it.
1: Yeah. And calculating how long he was like looping around and Exactly.
4: Yeah, yeah. like that's the there's that side of it too. There's this like existential thing going on with it where it really asks a lot of questions about our our condition as humans like what if something like this happened would you go insane like how would you solve the problem or would you just keep doing it and just that yeah would you just essentially go insane but also too this movie is funny as shit and there's so many quotable lines in this movie that i absolutely love like because he keeps repeating the same day when he keeps running into Ned Ryerson and he just keeps fucking with Ned to see like what he can get away with. When, he's, when he starts hitting on Ned, like that was, Ned, I have missed you so much.
2: Like, <laughs> I thought you
1: were going to talk about where he goes, Ned, and then just punches him right in the <laughs> face. Yeah. <laughs> just that, locks him.
4: <laughs> that's wonderful as well too. Like, yeah. Just, at, just, and uh, a wonderful movie, and like I'm Steve, I'm with you. Like I like Bill Murray, but Bill Murray has a tendency to be a little self-important. And once people started seeing that he could do things outside of the comedy realm and that they were they weren't piles of shit, he was like, "Oh, well, then I'm artistic, and I'm going to start doing these things more often." And like we, I, I mentioned it at the beginning of uh, our '90s uh, spiel here, but Bill Murray has a habit and a history of being a total douchebag on set. Mm-hmm. Because you want to talk about movies from the 90s when he was in his stride? What about Bob is one of those movies? Because he is fucking hilarious in that movie. Like that part when he's eating fried chicken with Richard Dreyfuss and his family. And he's basically like having an <laughs> orgasm as he's eating it. <laughs> <laughs> it
1: like, was an Richard... uncanny re- recreation of that scene there, Rambo. <laughs>
4: yeah, it really was. Like... But like apparently... Bill Murray was a total douchebag to Richard Dreyfuss on that movie, on that set. Like Richard Dreyfuss apparently like has a has a I didn't even know this. Like he has a history of not getting along with other actors. But like Bill Murray, like they're they're filming a scene and then they stop filming. They cut for whatever reason. Right. And Bill Murray, like they're like, all right, we're going to take a break for a little bit. And like uh, Richard Dreyfuss is eating a sandwich. Right. And Bill Murray is basically like five feet away from him talking mad shit about him. And Richard Dreyfus is like, can you fucking knock it off, dude? I'm right here. And Bill Murray walks all the way across to him and gets right in his face, like nose to nose and screams. Nobody fucking likes you and walks away. And I was (laughs) just like, Yeah, exactly. I was like, you got to be fucking kidding me, man. Like, I just like maybe was deserved. I don't know. But like, I could see Bill Murray being this self-important dick because like I've also heard the story. That Bill Murray will not take a role for a movie unless you happen to call him at home, not his cell phone, on his house phone, and he answers it. So, for instance, if you get his voicemail and you're like, Bill Murray, I've got this amazing role for you. I'm going to pay you $50 million to play, I don't know, David Letterman in the David Letterman uh, movie. He won't take it unless he actually is there to to pick up the phone. Wow.
3: Huh. Yeah. I, like, like, I know that. I don't know when exactly that started, but Groundhog Day was sort of the 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 big um, turning point between him and Harold Ramis and their relationship. Oh, yeah.
4: yeah, yeah, he they he fucking hated Ramis by the end of that movie, and that sucks too because like, yeah, Harold Ramis is like I wouldn't say a genius, but like he he just had a lot of really creative ideas when it comes to directing and writing, and like. Yeah, now I saw that link that you sent me. By the way, Rambo. So I'm gonna have to read that. So, <laughs> but yeah, like we could spend a lot of time talking about B- Bill Murray and and all. Oh yeah, of this. I mean
1: we we got a million yeah. movies to get to. So I yeah. mean, but it, yeah, it's it it's just a classic for me
4: for yeah. sure. Uh, let's stay in the comedy realm, guys. Uh, Rambo, give us a comedy man that that we need to talk about. Um, fuck. There's oh Jesus. Pick a year. Give me a year. <laughs> Uh,
3: 1996, 1996, 96, um, the cable guy. Oh, fuck.
4: I love this movie.
3: Oh, it is. <laughs> this movie got really heavily panned when it was released. And I don't, I still don't really understand why. Um, I think part of it was just, it was such a different, um, uh, experiencing, it's like such a dark comedy from Jim Carrey that I think it threw a lot of people off. Um, but this is this is like prime me going to the movies as a kid time. Same. Um, yeah, it's... Oh, God. Fucking... For anybody who hasn't seen it, uh, Matthew Broderick just moves into a new apartment after he breaks up with his girlfriend. Um, he needs to get his cable installed, and Jim Carrey is the cable guy to do it. Um, he hooks him up, and thus begins a uh, a very unfortunate friendship for Mr. Broderick. Um it's certainly like comedically one of Carrie's darkest roles. Um and you get some really weird <laughs> fucked up scenes out of this out of that. Um but yeah, like Leslie Ann Warren and George uh, Not Leslie Ann Warren, uh Leslie Oh god damn it, Jed Avatar's wife. Um uh, I know Leslie who you're Leslie Mann. Man. Leslie Mann. Leslie Mann. Leslie <laughs> Mann. Yeah, Leslie Mann plays uh, Broderick's girlfriend, uh, or maybe fiance. Um, uh, I think George Segal has a little partner. Jack Black's in it as well. Jack oh, yeah. Black is one of the guys. is, is Broderick's best friend to like figures out that that Jim Carrey is using false names and he's like posing as all these different people, and they're all names from old TV shows. Yeah. Um. But like, there and there's like a nice little bit of drama toward the end of it where you kind of get to start to see uh, Carrie's actual like
4: actual acting chops. Um. But yeah, man,
3: Cable guys, oh, is so goddamn
4: yeah. funny. And it's so quotable too. There's a lot of really great lines in it. But also too, it's directed by Ben Stiller. I was going to say it's a Ben Stiller yeah. movie. Yeah. 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 Stiller, and
3: it's a... who has a cameo in the movie. Um, as, yeah. As it's the like... Menendez brothers that aren't the Menendez brothers. <laughs>
4: I think it was a gang. I think it was you an Asian, Asian gang. gang.
3: Oh, fucking hell.
4: Oh, my God. And that fucking scene when they go to medieval times is like one of my favorite things of all time. <laughs> uh, it's, like that's, it's like that scene in Star Trek when Kirk and Spock had to fight to the
0: death. <laughs>
3: <laughs> 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 yeah, that oh God! Funny. <laughs> and and yeah, you think know, Broflovski has a little cameo? Andy Dick has a little. Oh yeah, this is this is like right when Ben Ziller show was going on too. So it's like, yeah, I'm just gonna I'm
4: going to throw a bunch of my friends and in this all movie. His people, all his people in it, but like the fucking end when Broderick and him are on the big satellite dish, and he's like, he's like, but you never told me your real name. You want to know my real name? Yeah, of course I do, buddy. It's <laughs> Ricardo, Ricky Ricardo. <laughs> <I'm on laughs> <I'm on> <laughs> a- <laughs> God damn it, I love that movie. <laughs> uh, such a wonderful movie. <laughs>
2: oh,
3: God damn it.
4: Oh, MC,
2: man. Hit us with a comedy, dude. Well, if we're going to talk about quotable comedies from the 90s, then there's no way we can go any further without talking about Clerks.
4: Yeah. Yes. Yeah, good call, dude. Like, fuck. Like, any when I turned 37 years old, The first thing I thought, I was like, 37 in a row. (laughs) (laughs) Nice pool. Yeah, thanks. I, I love Clerks. Clerks was, for a while there, when I was in high school... I wanted to be the next like Kevin Smith. Like that's, that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to be a director. I saw, and he was, and it was because of him. Like I was like, at first I was like, oh yeah, I want to be like Spielberg. That'll be cool. And then I saw Kevin Smith. I was like, no, I want to be fucking like this guy. Like he's funny. He's smart. He does these amazing movies. He can do comedy really, really well. And we'll get to another one of his movies later, but he does drama really well too, surprisingly. And, I just, I was enamored with him for a while there where I was like, this is the dude that I want to be exactly like. And like Clerks was the one that started it all. And yeah, there's, there's so many, like, I feel like if what we do here is almost inspired in a way by Clerks. Because they have those conversations about like yeah. the Death Star in Return of the Jedi, and they're like, "The movie is such a bummer because basically all those fucking contractors died like trying to build that." <laughs> like,
3: <laughs> they all knew what
4: they were doing. Yeah, they knew what they were doing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Just, just such a great, great movie. Just and and like to think that that was his yeah. first movie. Like, just amazing. And like, yeah, like that. And then like we'll we'll throw another Kevin Smith one in there yeah. too. Mall Maul rats. Mall rats. Mallrats rats, way more irreverent, less serious, um, way goofier, but just just as funny. Like, but yeah, still like I, I mean, obviously can't have mall rats without clerks. But clerks was the one that really like it was it was a game changer. I think that that one is one of those ones where it's like if you have a time capsule for movies of the 90s, you have to include clerks in the list of like the master list of the, the greatest of the 90s.
0: You, you made
1: a great point, too, though, where you're saying like, hey, it's kind of inspiring what we're doing now with the podcast. Like, you're right it is quintessentially 90s but at the same time in some way it's still timeless
3: yeah because everybody has a shitty retail job
1: yeah and everyone has their their goofy friends they talk about nonsense conversations with and dealing yeah dealing with annoying customers that kind of stuff like yeah. that doesn't seem like it's ever going to change yeah at least probably not in our lifetime at least
4: did, mm-hmm. did you guys ever watch the clerks animated series that they did i saw about half of it their the first couple of episodes are just are dynamite and they're so funny but like if you haven't seen it you have to check it out and and like it, it's it's so funny cuz they take that the clerks concept and they just make it even goofier and they it makes fun of uh, of pretty much every television trope you can think of like they get like the first episode they get locked in a freezer but it's a, basically a clip show but they've only had one episode <laughs> so it's yeah, and like of course Jay and Silent Bob are there too, and they have a fucking like they're stuck in the freezer, right? And Jay makes this reference to Hoth, and he's like, "Man, it's so cold in here. I'm about to cut Tubby open and sleep inside of him." Snickety snick snick, wah Jedi! Like just fucking classic Jason Mewes, just like just absolutely wonderful. And yeah, like Clerks is Clerks is the is the one man. That's that is good call on that one, MC. Um, I wanted to talk about what is probably. I can't say my favorite because fuck, I'm looking at this list and I got like 90 movies here that that they're all just wonderful comedies. But if I had to choose one from the 90s, that was my absolute favorite. Not the funniest, because I think of the funniest, it would be the one that made me laugh. The hardest was Dumb and Dumber. When I saw it in the theaters, I was like t- maybe 12. And I was like, I just remember laughing so hard I was crying. Um, but I also remember going to see it with my grandmother and my grandmother walking out of the movie theater going, this is the stupidest movie I've ever seen in my life.
1: <laughs> exactly, grandma. You
4: get it. You got it, grandma. Um, The Big Lebowski. Yeah. the The Big Lebowski is just a work of art. I love that movie. And like, it's so stupid and it's so ridiculous. And when like you realize that basically the dude is just the story is happening around him, whether he wants it to happen or not is just, it's just absolutely wonderful. And it's the Coen brothers at their, at their finest. Like, every single person that's in that movie is just, is just dynamite. And from start to finish, that movie is so great. And John Goodman, it's like the, it's like the Coen brothers said to him, Goodman, go nuts, dude. Just do whatever you gotta do, brother. And like, he just, he took it to like 11 in that movie. And he's so fucking funny. Like, when he, when they find, they they go to the kid's house and they're they're accusing him of stealing the, the dude's car and he's like is this your homework johnny is this your homework johnny is this your homework son you're entering a world of pain like it's just oh my god he starts smashing the car <laughs> do you see what happens oh fuck Just such a great movie uh let's go to Let's just quick fire. We're just going to roll around and we're going to finish up the comedy. We all talked about one that we really, really liked. Uh, but let's go through and name some of the other ones. Uh, I'll start us here. Uh, it's a classic. It's office space. We've all quoted this movie
2: a million times. Uh, MC, give me one quick. Sorry. Sorry, I was muted. <laughs> 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 my, my dog, my dog was uh, thought it was playtime. So I was trying to entertain him. Um, let's see. I'm trying to open my list here uh friday yeah oh fuck yeah yeah friday is is fantastic uh mc or er, mc that's you um
4: <laughs> james rambo do, do another one quick uh my cousin vinny i i will watch oh, that movie a thousand oh, times literally. in a row forever oh, yes. and ever. are these Absolutely. magic grits were these the same grits did you get these grits from the same guy that jack got his beanstalk beans from do the laws of physics fail
3: <laughs> to exist on your
4: stovetop <laughs> i guess i'm just a
3: fast cook god that's a great a movie. fast cook would you say that again could you say that one more time
4: <laughs> you know what's crazy is like there there are lawyers that say my cousin vinny is factually accurate when it comes it to how law of, works yeah the
3: best represented versions of actual like cross-examination and yeah. evidence collection just across the board yeah
4: Yeah, when he he comes wearing that ridiculous suit, like the the maroon suit with the pink ruffles. (laughs)
3: It looks like he stole it from a pip. Oh, my (laughs) God. That fucking, yeah, the maroon tuxedo. It's a tuxedo, (laughs) Mike. Uh, So my choices were wear this, which is ridiculous. Wear this ridiculous thing, or wear the leather jacket, which I know you hate.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Steve, give us a comedy, man. It's Galaxy Quest, and it's not even close. Oh yeah. Oh god, that movie is so wonderful. Like, oh, like the funny thing is, is like it's it's a great movie just without knowing much about Star Trek. But if you know a lot about Star Trek, it's fucking even funnier. The more you
1: know, the better it is. Yeah, exactly.
4: (laughs) Like that's the scene where, um, where uh, Tim Allen is fighting the rock creature on on the planet and um what's his name sam rockwell goes see if you can find some some things on the planet to make a makeshift lathe yeah rudimentary like, lave.
1: yeah <laughs> that well, is you've managed to get your shirt off <laughs>
4: <laughs> that is a direct reference to star trek 5 because um J- uh, william shatner was uh was directing that movie was directing star trek 5 and he had this big elaborate fight scene with these rock monsters and shit and like because if you've seen Star Trek 5, he goes to this planet to talk to God, which is fucking ridiculous. But, like, he goes down there, and there were these rock monsters. And one of the way he defeats them is by making a makeshift weapon out of the shit that he finds laying around on this fucking planet. Which he had done before in, like, the old 60s Star Trek. So, like, Galaxy Quest knew their shit, and they were making fun of Star Trek the entire goddamn time. And, like...
1: Oh, so many times. Like, with the the smashers. Yeah. And they're like, well, you know, they, it always stops on one second when they get to the thing. Uh-huh. and I mean... Just every this little episode bit.
3: was badly written, dude.
1: When, dude when Justin Long's it. entire character is a Trekkie. Like, yeah. come on,
3: <laughs> dude, dude. The, the... Ahead, see dude. If, if you when you see uh um Star Trek cast members talk about this show, it's like watching band members talk about uh, it's all uh, this is Final Tap, yeah. like they have this like weird reverence for it. We're like, I don't fucking know how y'all were there. But <laughs> this is weirdly <laughs> accurate.
4: When when fucking Sigourney Weaver, when they go into the, the bowels of the ship to go save it, and, and the smashers are going and the flames are shooting everywhere, and she goes, oh, fuck this. Well, yeah. fuck that.
3: <laughs> There's a couple times where you can see, like, okay, this is where you swapped out a word, so you get a PG-13 and not an R rating. Yeah. There's a
4: handful of those times, but yeah. yeah oh man that's such a great such a great flick dude and like yeah like you said like star trek star trek cast members and like they all speak of that movie like that it was dead on like um frakes jonathan frakes uh who was uh commander Riker, called um patrick stewart because star trek uh, the next generation at this point was over and he's like he's like patrick you have to see this movie and like he of course he does like a person an impersonation of Patrick Stewart. And he's like, I don't have time to see this movie, and then he watched it and he was like, it's fucking brilliant. Like, yeah. <laughs> and like Al- Alan Rickman just just kills it in that movie when he's like when he's got to do the, the shitty uh, commercials. Oh, he's, like,
1: he's cutting uh. the ribbon. Oh my god.
4: <laughs> By oh, hammer.
3: hammer, what, what a, a save! save.
4: <laughs>
1: yeah, everyone
2: knows it, dude. It's so good.
3: No less than twice have I referenced that. When when putting up sales signs at various comic book stores, <laughs> I've worked at. It's so good. Oh, well, and then, and then the, but then the flip side when he like when he actually gives the performance later on, yeah. um, when the uh, I can't remember the race, but the alien's dying, yeah, and he like he fucking like he nails the line, dude. It yeah. brings a tear to my eye every time. That shit is awesome.
4: Oh yeah, I will avenge. Yeah, I will avenge your death. Yeah, God, that movie was great. But like. Uh, I can't even remember the guy's name, but like he was um, Veronica Mars's dad in Veronica Mars. Um, oh, god damn it. It's like Enrico Calatoni? Cal- uh, Col- and Tony. En- en- uh, Yeah. Enrico Colantoni. Yeah, there it is. Yeah. He, <laughs> Captain Tagachi, uh, last hope. Like, it just... <laughs> yeah. Just so, so wonderful. And then, like, they're laughing at the whole concept that it was all fake. The ship was this big. Wow. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Christmas lights <laughs>
4: oh, fucking what hell wonderful movie uh, we got some other ones that we didn't mention Um the fairly brothers in general get get a shout out here because dumb and dumber there's something about Mary Kingpin, um, Kingpin. Yep. like these are all just fucking wonderful wonderfully hilarious movies and like Kingpin wasn't as funny as all of them I mean, in fact Kingpin has some moments that are really really like touching and, and it's just a really good movie Um, Wayne's World fuck I love Wayne's World God, that is mm-hmm. so damn funny. Like, <laughs> everybody has now sung Bohemian Rhapsody in a car with their friends because of this movie. Yep. Yeah. Well, like that, both Queen and that song had a
3: huge resurgence because yeah. of that movie.
4: Yeah. It's one, of the, it's one of the only songs, other than that Elton John, Candle in the Wind song, to be number one on the charts in, like, the 70s and then come back and be number one again in the 90s. Yeah. Fucking awesome. Yeah, Wayne's World is 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 fucking hilarious. Like I love that the movie ends and they stop it and they're like, "Wait, that's a fucking bummer, dude. Let's do the let's do the Scooby Doo ending." And they like it was just it was so so dead on. And like the part when um Rob Lowe was basically like, you know, you know, if if you don't like it here, you know, you're not really a sellout or whatever it is and they start doing like all the product placement shit like <laughs> Ah, uh, just such a great movie. Uh, what else we got here? We talked about Friday, uh, A League of Their Own. Just yeah. Oh my god, great baseball flick. But also, Tom Hanks fucking kills it in this movie. Like when he when he's yelling at the girl. There's no crying in baseball. Like everybody knows that part. Yeah. But the part after that is my, is like my favorite part when she's crying and he's like, he goes, you're crying. He goes, let me tell you something. He goes, my parents drove three hours to see me playing a game. My manager, Roger Hornsby, called me a talking pile of shit. He's like, <laughs> he's like you don't fucking cry in baseball. Like,
3: my favorite scene in that movie is when the bus driver walks off and Jimmy comes to. He's yeah. like, "Why are we stopped?" <laughs> and one moment's like, "Lou quit. Who's Lou?" <laughs> it is like they're not jokes, but his delivery is so good. It's so fucking fun. I'm gonna have to watch that tonight. Yeah, um I love that movie. Yeah, and yeah, Gina Davis is amazing, and Madonna's really funny in it, and fucking Rosie O'Donnell. Like everybody's so goddamn
4: good. Oh yeah. When when he when Gina Davis is quitting because her husband's come home and she's like, I, I can't do it anymore. It's got too hard. And he, and Tom Hanks looks at her and he goes, that's what makes it great. If it was easy, everybody would do it. And I was like, that is, a, Oh fuck. That's a great line." <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, that is such a good flick. I gotta, I haven't seen that in a long time, but I gotta, I gotta, I gotta see that one. Yeah. Um, Rambo, you mentioned one earlier, uh, gross point blank. Like, yeah, man, fucking, uh, I, I love me some John Cusack. Um, yeah. Bruce point playing. Get on in that one, man. He's great in that movie.
3: Hitman goes to his ten-year high school reunion. Um, it is it's it, it's Jeremy Piven and and Tom Hanks Tom Hanks and fucking uh, uh, John Cusack and Minnie Driver um, and Dan Aykroyd playing playing the heavy in the movie. Um, but yeah, it's it's it fucking oh Alan Arkin. Um, as 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 a psychologist, Cusack's psychologist who <laughs> <laughs> like, that that's not that wasn't nice. That wasn't designed to make me feel good. Is a line I use on an almost daily basis. Um this
0: is deep breathing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
3: This is this is you realizing that you're fired. Um, yeah, like the the fucking shootout in the the uh, the convenience store that used to be oh, where Cusack's house. house
4: was. Oh, and they're playing um, Ace of Spades and Motorhead. Yeah. Oh God. <laughs>
3: <laughs> it's yeah man. It's so fucking good. <laughs> and there's all these little references to like old 80s movies too. um, yeah. like when they actually go to the dance, the whole thing feels very much like um, I think it's sixteen candles. um, but yeah, like Jenna Elfman with the fucking neck brace and shit, like, oh God,
4: <laughs> it's so good. oh man, yeah, what a great movie. Um, guys, any comedies that we missed before we move on to our next uh, our next subcategory here?
2: American Pie? Yeah. Classic. Fair. Oh, it's. I thought you
1: were going to say American History X, and I was like, that's not a comedy. <laughs> I was not expecting <laughs> you, you to say that. Yeah. I guess
3: it really
4: depends on your perspective. Yeah.
1: It's um, the, the darkest of dark comedies, I guess. <laughs> uh, the Burkage.
4: Oh, thank you, James Rambo. That I've talked about it before. That movie and I have a very special connection. So, because of Dumb and Dumber, because they forced grandma to go take me to see Dumb and Dumber. I agreed that I would go see The Birdcage with her. Because she lo- She went and saw La Caja Fall when it was at the Kennedy Center. And she was like, I would really like it if you went with me to go see this movie. And I was like, Grandma, you were game for Dumb and Dumber. Sure, let's go. And I loved the shit out of that movie. And this is at a time, too, when I'm still, like, I'm playing football. I'm playing baseball. Like, this is not a movie in the 90s that I can admit to other dudes who would be like, I can't believe you went and saw that that gay movie. Like... I loved the shit out of that. And that was, like, kind of the beginning of, you know, maybe this whole concept of, like, you can't enjoy these things because that's not what masculine men do. is fucking wrong. Like, I just remember thinking that. Like, and, and God, that movie is so funny. Like, Nathan Lane is just amazing in that movie. Robin Williams is fucking just chewing Hank up Azaria. scenery. Hank Azaria is the houseboy. Oh, fuck. I father. do not wear
3: shoes because they make me fall down. <laughs> <laughs> what is it's-
4: what a spicy peasant soup! I don't know, I made it up.
3: <laughs> well, and like Gene, yeah, Gene Hackman playing the conservative senator, and yeah. oh man,
4: oh and oh, goddamn when his, movie when his wife she's like, are these Greek boys playing playing leapfrog? Yeah, are they playing. Yeah, my, mine are playing leapfrog. Ah. <laughs>
3: Did you say your name was Coleman or <laughs> Goldman? <laughs> yeah. And then, oh, God. And then, like, Lane's whole explanation of that. Oh, yeah. Fuck. But Such if we're talking a... about Nathan Lane, yeah. Mouse Hunt. I don't know if y'all have seen Mouse Hunt, but if you haven't, you absolutely deserve to watch that movie. It is like Mouse a cartoon Hunt? on film. Mouse Hunt. Oh, um,
1: I know. I lent my friend Doug my vhs copy of mouse hunt never got it
3: back
4: oh it buddy doug, dark, it, if dark, you're listening <laughs> if you're listening doug you son of a bitch like
3: i'm coming <laughs> <Bastard>. for you bastard
4: <laughs> you
3: mouse Nathan bastard. Mayne, um yeah <laughs> i i am blanking on the guy's name but he's he's the guy who plays the 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 fucking handicapped guy in um there's something about mary um him and Nathan Lane play brothers who have inherited this mansion from their dead father. Yeah, Lee um, Evans. Name. Lee Evans, yes. Yeah. Um, and it is it is very much like a dark cartoon on film. Um, but I, like, I'm talking like
4: Gore Vibinsky
3: Yeah. What yeah, the hell? Why have, why have I never seen this? Uh, uh, Christopher Walken has a little cameo as the exterminator that they bring in. There's a single mouse, one mouse in this house that is destroying, that is just completely, uh, fucking with them the entire time. And all that they're trying to do is kill this one single mouse that has been living in this house for, for, you know, years and years. Um, cause yeah, the, it turns out that the house itself is this super, it's like the, the, the lost Uh, um, uh, a house designed by this very famous architect. So they want to auction the whole thing off. But before they can, they need to fix the place up, and they need to clean it out. And it's one fucking mouse just will not have it. Um, It is 100% worth your time, and it is so goddamn goofy. I'm pretty sure it is streaming on uh, Amazon right now.
1: Uh, I distinctly remember a scene where the entire floor is covered in in mouse traps. Mm-hmm. They have backed themselves into the corner, and then a large amount of physical comedy ensues.
3: The the mouse d- pulls some R- rude Goldberg shit and knocks like an olive nice. onto the floor, which sets off a single mouse trap, which sets off all the mouse traps. Um, like that kind of thing is prevalent throughout the entire movie.
4: That's fantastic. It
1: kind of makes me think uh when, when that scene particularly of another comedy that I had on my list was Army of Darkness. Yeah. It was that kind of old like slap yeah. sticky kind of physical <laughs> comedy? Um, I just don't think you really get as much anymore. Um, yeah.
4: That's I don't know. that scene I mean, that scene when they're in the uh, when Bruce Campbell is in the cemetery and like all the skeleton hands are like grabbing him and like poking him in the eye, like three stooges style and like grabbing his tongue and like yeah, like that's Yeah,
1: (laughs) the part where he has like the doppelganger stuck to him and they're, you know, (laughs) fooling around and stuff. I mean, (laughs) I I would be very interested for like someone who's like, I don't know, 13 to watch like today to watch that movie. Like, would they think it's hilarious or like this is the stupidest shit I've ever seen in my life?
4: Like, I think it would hold up because I remember seeing Army of Darkness. It came on sci-fi channel and it was it was me. I was probably like 16 or 17. And so my brother would have been like like seven or eight years old. Right. And we watched this movie and we both just looked at each other like, what the fuck are we watching? This is amazing. <laughs> like, I, I think it's universal. I think that I don't I don't think Jax is ready for it yet. But in a, in a few years, I'll I'll let him watch it and see what he thinks. But like, yeah, I, I think that's one of those universal ones, man. I
1: sure hope so, because I think it's a phenomenal oh. film.
4: Um, let, We'll we'll close out comedy here in just a second. But I, I do want to make sure that we mentioned two uh, Saturday Night Alumni, because we talked about Wa- Wayne's World. And how funny that was. But there, th- because of Wayne's World, a lot of those Saturday Night Live uh, actors were able to go on and do their own movies. Uh, those two would be Adam Sandler and Chris Farley. Um, Tommy Boy is a movie that I can watch pretty much anytime. Not because it's the funniest thing in the world. It is funny. But there, that movie has a heart to it that I can't describe. Like, that I can't really define. But, like, the fact that it's all about him trying to live up to his dad's legacy yeah kind of makes it a really sweet and touching movie even though there's a lot of dick and fart jokes in it but like who cares like it's 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 farley at his best like spastic loud breaking things and like you, you just can't go wrong adam sandler's like pretty much everything he did in the, in the 90s which is billy madison um happy gilmore um i mean those two and then the water boy came out in the 90s as well but like those two right there were the ones that like they didn't do well in the theaters but like everybody our age quotes them and everybody our age laughs at them still like and if you haven't used that reference when when he's doing the quiz bowl uh at the end and he like when he answers that question it's just total bullshit and the guy's like no that was not correct it wasn't even close to correct in fact you've wasted all of our time and you've made us all dumber for listening to your conversation
3: heard you is now dumber for having heard you say it what uh, what is it? May
4: God have mercy, mercy on, on, your on your soul. soul. <laughs> <laughs> I award you no points and may God have mercy. I award you no
3: points and may God have mercy on your soul. <laughs> <laughs> oh my I'd god.
1: A, I'd actually say there's a third Saturday night live alumni. Um Mike Myers and Austin Powers, man, is a fan. Oh, yeah. yeah. that, that that movie is like parodying something I love and doing it well as a parody. Yeah, I'm yeah. in.
4: On top of that, too, can we talk about the one that really put Mike Myers on the map? And that's So I Married an Axe Murderer. Oh, I
2: love that movie. Because that
4: movie is a fucking work of art. And it's and and Myers on his own is hilarious, playing both himself and his dad, which is like the precursor for <laughs> Fat Bastard. But like, like his dad is hilarious in that movie. But I'll tell you, the best fucking scene in that movie is Phil Hartman. When Phil Hartman is the prison guard <laughs> at, at like Alcatraz. Alcatraz. <laughs> oh my god like that that scene when he's just like he goes now here's something the other tour guys aren't gonna tell you but <laughs> machine gun kelly had what we call in a prison system a bitch and like he starts talking to fr- freaking anthony uh i can't even remember the actor's name now um thank you anthony lapaglia and like he just he just shushes them because he sees how intense vicky the prison guard is <laughs> oh my god And then, in a fit of jealous rage, he cut the bitch's eyes out.
3: (laughs) They would each take turns pissing in the bitch's empty eye sockets.
4: (laughs) 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 What the fuck is going on? That and
3: also (laughs) fucking uh, 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 Stephen um, Stephen 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 Wright Stephen Wright
4: Stephen Wright
3: flying the plane and coming to. He's like, oh, I had a I had the weirdest dream. I was I was being born. I was eight and a half months premature. The doctors were freaking out.
4: (laughs) That and Charles Grodin has a great role in that, too. When when Anthony LaPaglia comes up, he goes, I'm commandeering this vehicle. And he's like, no, you're not. You can't do that. That's illegal. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, what a great film, man. That is such a wonderful, such a wonderful movie. All right, guys. There's so many more categories. Holy shit. Um, there's no way we're going to fit this all into one podcast, but we will certainly try. Uh, let's move into hmm. – Steve, give us a category, man. Um, hmm. Give us one that you want to talk about. Actually, no. I started with you. You started with comedy. Uh, MC, give us a yeah. category. Screw you,
1: week... Steve, you jerk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you
4: son of a bitch. This is what you get from missing last week, you asshole.
2: <laughs> <laughs> MC, you there? Sorry, I muted after yelling at my dog <laughs> again. Um, <laughs> uh, probably the only thing I can speak about with any kind of expertise is the best animated films. Oh yeah, and so, uh, I mean, what what's there to say about a film like The Lion King, which is like kind of like the obvious choice to go here? Yeah yeah, I mean, you, yeah, yeah, I mean,
4: you know, the new one that just came out really kind of crystallized how good the animated one was yeah like everybody talks about like oh the the new one is great and it's beautiful it's like it was it was fine but i it just reminded me of how much the animated one honestly is better but also too, one of my favorite movies of all time like it's such a good flick dude and like the music is just, is, is stirring and it's awesome. It fits every scene perfectly. It's hilarious. Like, yes, I know it was a ripoff of the Japanese movie. Was it, uh, Kimba, Kimba the white, white Lion? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But like there's, there's or something Hamlet. that or Hamlet. Yes. Thanks Steve <laughs> for class, for classing this joint up. I appreciate that, man.
3: But that's the thing. Like Kimba's yeah. not Hamlet. Yeah. So like it's, I don't know that that whole argument doesn't really hold a whole lot of water. Like it, Yes, it is very, very similar. And yes, Disney has been taking things from anime, and anime has been taking things from Disney for a long, long time. But like to say it, it ripped it off, like okay, sure. Yeah, it's, you...
1: the, it's the kind of family where it's like there's nothing new under the sun. Like,
3: yeah, yeah show me a movie
1: that is 100 percent unique, and I'll show you a liar. Yeah,
3: yeah,
2: yeah. It's a uh, right, uh, Nas once said on the on the song like "No idea is original. There's nothing new under the sun. It's not." Uh, what you do but how it's done. Yeah, yeah, there you go, man. Well yeah. put. Yeah, absolutely. And that's one of our favorite things to say too, like, especially when we talk
4: about spoilers, is like fucking spoil yeah. it for us. We don't care. It's yeah. the execution that matters. So Exactly. Yeah. Um, animated, man. Like the the 90s was was Disney's Disney's jam. So that's kind of the easy answer, as you you were saying too, MC. But I want to give one that I didn't really watch Like I watched it on a whim. Like I remember there was a friend of mine who was like, Hey, I really want to go see this movie in the theaters. And uh, like, first off, she was a cute girl. So I wasn't going to say no to anything. Um, <laughs> but she was like, she was like, Hey, can we go see the iron giant? And I was like, uh, sure. Yeah. Fucking why not? That's not okay. Cool. Let's do it. Thinking that it was going to be like just a cute kids film. Fuck. That movie is good. Hmm like just really like amazingly well done. Like it's, it's touching. It's funny. It's just, it's just incredible. Like it's, it's easily one of my favorite movies and I never even expected it to be. And I just, I absolutely love it. I, I, my uh, Jackson, I watched it on Netflix maybe like a year or two ago and he fell in love with it too. Like it just, we were talking about timeless. Like some of these movies are stuck in the nineties. Some of these are timeless. I feel like iron giant is definitely timeless.
3: Yeah. I mean, setting it in you know uh uh mccarthy era you know america certainly helps um and i don't know if you all have seen the anniversary edition but they went back and they animated two the the two deleted scenes and cut them back into the movie um and it's fucking amazing it's so goddamn cool
4: yeah, it really it really yeah. is. Yeah, go ahead, M T. No, no I,
2: I was just agreeing.
4: Thumbs up across the board. Uh, Steve,
2: give me an animated movie. I'm gonna go ahead and make a judgment
1: call and count Space Jam as an animated movie.
2: Yeah, I, I have it on, I have it on my list too, so it counts.
4: Yeah, I mean, I think we're yeah, we're counting this. I mean, yeah, you fair. can't you can't say it's an animated it's not an animated movie when more than fifty percent of the characters are animated. So yeah.
1: yeah. I, yeah. Basically, I'm just gonna try and list as many Bill Murray movies as I can. Apparently, <laughs> but,
4: but yeah, he, he he killed it in this movie. Like he was—he
1: shows up for like thirty seconds, yeah. does one thing. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. I, I was just so so enamored with Michael Jordan, like everyone else was in the '90s. Um, I we this was actually a this was a movie me and my friends went to for my birthday party that year. Nice. So what year did that come on? '96. So I was ten. Yeah, I was no it was my 10 10-year-old ten birthday party. It was like the perfect. We we went we actually played basketball and then went and watched Space Jam. Like it's one of those things it's like it's it is locked in the nostalgia bubble and will never work its way out of it. I'm kind of afraid to watch it again as an adult cuz I'm going to go, "Oh, it's bad." <laughs> it holds I don't recommend
4: you watch it again.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of thinking like, oh, "Maybe
4: I don't." The but- only – The only reason I say that is because Chelsea is now 21. So she was born in 1998, but she loves Space Jam. So, like, she actually went as Lola Bunny for Halloween last year. So, like, all right. It still holds up, but I can tell you this, knowing what I know now, the Pandora's box of information and facts about Michael Jordan being a total piece of shit as a human being, like, has really tainted that movie for me, (laughs) where it's just like I'm watching it, and they're like, oh, he went to go play baseball, and I'm like, you mean he left the NBA to avoid getting suspended for gambling? Huh? Oh Nothing? no! Is that what happened? Holy shit! Yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of speculation that like everybody's like because his dad died, which is fucking tragic. But every, he was like, "Oh, my dad really wanted me to be a baseball player, so I'm going to leave to play baseball." And like it was also at the same time that the NBA was like about to crack down, like like fucking mad on him for yeah. him, him gambling. Like it was like it was like this is convenient, isn't it, Mike? You know,
2: it was. Yeah. 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 It. it I mean, there's and it, there's a. There's a ton of stories like that about, about Michael out there. Like I I was actually just telling someone earlier about uh, his quote flu game in quote, which is uh, the the story the other day. Yeah. Yeah, You know him, which is him actually nursing a hangover. (laughs) Jesus (laughs) flu hangover. You know, it's all the same. same thing. Yeah. Yeah
4: uh yeah absolutely love that movie uh as well uh let me give you uh Rambo you haven't given us an animated film man what's uh what's going on in your list uh let me see
3: it's funny i don't have that many on there um i guess if i wait fuck what year was that hold on i don't know if this this might not be applicable um uh, uh, let's see. Nah, it's not. Um, fuck. I don't know. I was trying to go for more like esoteric things. Uh, oh, you know what? Okay, you know what? No, I will. I'm going to call an audible and say that because they are they are requiring some physical animation. Small soldiers counts. If we're including, <laughs> if we're including a, a, a Space Jam where there's some animated characters, small soldiers absolutely.
4: All right, guys, judges, what do yeah. you think? We call this animated. I uh, love that movie. So. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah okay. it counts. Right, yeah, fair. Yeah, is that the one with um, like the little general of the little toy people army? Is um, yeah. is Tommy uh, Lee Jones? Tommy Lee Jones, who cannot ab- hazard. Yeah. <laughs> he cannot cannot, a- yeah, he cannot. Yeah, <laughs> cannot abide. Your cannot
3: sanction the buffoonery of Mr. <laughs> James Carey. <laughs>
4: Fuck! I forgot how funny that was. Oh.
3: Yeah, small soldiers. Um, yeah. Uh, a bunch of like action figures, uh, like super smart action figures. Uh, get get military grade like missile guidance chips put into them, um, <laughs> and so they became like actually violent and trying to store, destroy each other, and uh, in the process destroy uh, uh, a little cul-de-sac. Um, fucking Frank Langella is the voice of Archer. The, the like so like the leader of like the monsters um and tommy lee jones is the voice of uh, i believe his name is chip hazard um the the soldier of the the uh titular small soldiers um and he is a douche and it's yeah all the all the weird like freak monster things they just they're peaceful they just want to like live by themselves and and like not fuck with anybody um awesome movie yeah fantastic
4: yeah. great choice man for sure um we're we have so many categories, but I want to go into some of the other ones so that we can we can really hit some of these big ones. Uh, let's go after. Hmm. Rambo, you haven't gotten to choose yet, so I will let you choose a category. We can do the best of the 90s. We can do action or we could do horror sci fi or Western slash historical pieces. Oh, fuck, I'm really between two movies.
3: Um, All right, let's go Western
4: western good choice my friend what are we starting with the quick and the dead by sam raimi wait sam raimi directed that yes he did that explains so much i didn't realize (laughs) realize he directed that but that is such a great flick oh my god and that's if if i remember correctly that might have been the first time american audiences really got to see russell crowe
3: uh it's very early in his career yeah yeah russell crowe playing the uh the the priest the, the former outlaw turned priest um yeah. yeah gene hackman is some is this this old outlaw who's who's just made himself super rich and and just taken over this town um and sharon stone is the the badass gunslinger who's come to town to kill him um uh, the whole movie is is a, a massive gunfight um and it's oh god leo dicaprio plays gene hackman's kid uh, son Um, who who just goes by Kid, and it is my favorite performance from him, hands down.
4: Yeah, I forgot that he was in that movie. That Ah. was that is a good that is a good damn movie, and Sharon Stone at like to to be that guy for a second. Sharon Stone at like possibly like her absolute hottest, like 1995. She's looking good. Yeah, yeah. No, that was just such a great flick, and like kudos to Gene Hackman. For, for playing a scumbag really, really well because I'm going to pivot and give my Western for this one because he was a piece of shit in this one, too, and that's Unforgiven. Oh, oh, God.
0: Unforgiven.
4: Oh, God. Unforgiven is such a wonderful movie. And, like, and the reason I, I think the reason why is because your good guy is not really a good guy. He's a piece of shit, too. But at the same time, too, it's like who's – Who's really more of the bad guy, and that's what I love about this because there's a part in that movie when Clint Eastwood is basically like, you know, I used to be a bad guy, I used to, you know, do all this horrible stuff, but I've I've cleaned myself up for this woman that I love, and she dies. And there's the part when he finds out that I can't remember exactly what it was that he finds out, but basically, like, he hadn't had a drink in years. And he finds out something like somebody died. Oh, no. When he when he found out that they killed Morgan Freeman. Frieden, yeah. And he grabs the bottle of whiskey and he just starts chugging it. I was like, oh, fuck. Here it comes. If, and like, oh, just like the absolute re- revengiest of revenge flicks ever. And like for anybody who hasn't watched this movie. Yeah. But has
3: read Old Man Logan. Yeah. Old Man Logan is is Unforgiven starring
4: Wolverine. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It, it is just. Wonderful, Steve. I know you're not a huge Western fan in general. We've talked about that before, but like, have you you've seen Unforgiven and uh, like maybe The Quick and the Dead? Have you seen those?
1: I've seen neither of those.
4: Okay.
3: You deserve to watch both of those.
4: You, like, you let's might.
1: Put it, yeah. Let's put it this way: I've seen so few westerns. I was going to say westerns, as in movies set in the West. Mrs. Doubtfire <laughs> took place in San Francisco, <laughs> that's about as close as I'm going to get to westerns in this topic.
4: I got you, man.
3: Um, There's really I, one more that needs to be talked about. Oh, go, well, Mr. Rambo, by all means, go right ahead. Uh, the movie directed, but not directed, but directed by Kurt Russell, uh, Tombstone. The, yeah. the Arguably the best Western of the last, like, 40 years. It's um, such a good movie, yeah. It is incredibly quotable. It is a, yeah. amazingly well acted. Um, the, the, you know, smart money is on Kurt Russell actually being the director of the movie. And I think it was George Cosmatos. Um, who was, who has the actual directing credit, um, yeah. just sort of being there. Uh, cause I think they changed directors like midstream and Kurt Russell's like, fuck it. We're we're gonna keep going. Um, and so they bring on the new director and, and they just kept, kept on rolling. And Russell's yeah. like, yeah, man, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this. So, uh, just you know, stay on my way. You,
4: you know it's a good movie when the villains are just as likable as the heroes. Oh god, yeah. Because Michael Bean as Johnny Ringo is is fucking fantastic. Oh, that dude has um, so much fucking charisma. Yeah. And I'm trying to remember the the actor who plays Curly Bill Brocius. Um Powers Booth. Thank you. Thank you. I it was on the tip of my tongue. But like he's fucking wonderful too when like when they're standing there and they're basically burying the brothers or burying the brother and and he, uh, Kurt Russell turns to him and he says, well, it's over. You know, I just wanted to let you know that it's over. And he just goes, well, bye. bye. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> God, just two, two words. That's it. And it was so, it was delivered so perfectly. And so, God, that movie is wonderful. Steve it makes me wonder how many people have actually people who have used that reaction gif have yeah.
3: actually seen that movie.
4: Yeah, Steve, these are. Of those three, you choose, honestly, those two, I would say Tombstone and Unforgiven, you watch any of those movies, and I know you don't like Westerns, you will like those movies. You will be like, holy shit, these are good.
1: Yeah, it's not that I dislike them. It's just kind never of got like, into them. yeah, it's, I mean, and I think, you know, for a lot of us, it's what you're exposed to when you're, you know, younger and like those yeah. formative ages and everything you get kind of middle school kind of starts to set stuff in. And that's where I'd watch a lot of like action movies. with My dad. So like James Bond, Indiana Jones, that kind of stuff, like really sense. locked yeah. in. And then my mom nerded it up, and we watched Star Wars and everything. And I feel like, I know Mike, you've at least expressed that, like you and your dad watched westerns.
4: Oh yeah, correct? my dad, my dad's so, I mean, hero. My dad's hero growing up was John Wayne. So like, I even if I didn't want to, I got exposed to westerns as a kid. So yeah.
1: And then and then like college, you counter programs. So that's when I'm watching like Clerks and you know American History X and Army of Darkness and just picking up all the big ones that I didn't see like when they were out. Yeah. Uh, but I'm like, I can get these now. Because I'm like a sophisticated college guy. <laughs> uh, but like, you know, Westerns, like, that that was just one that, like, it never found its way into the timeline of, there's only so much time and so much I can absorb. And it just hadn't made the list. But now that you guys are recommending certain things, it's probably about that time.
3: Yeah. If if you had to pick one, I
4: would say watch Tombstone. It's um, kind of like
1: it's leaning based on the descriptions that you guys gave up the
4: three. So... Um, Uh, i think unforgiven is the better movie but i think tombstone is is, i I actually like more if that makes sense
3: i don't know if i agree with that but i i I can see what you mean um i think that so so unforgiven um is is very much a deconstruction of westerns and western tropes um there's a lot of scene, like individual scenes where you, you get sort of like, this is a thing that appears, you know, many, many times in Western, like, like this is a particular trope that appears across, uh, the canon, um, and it, it gets kind of turned on its head, uh, which is also why it's, it, it's particularly significant that Eastwood himself directed it, Yeah. um, because he is, it is a commentary on that whole genre, um, Tombstone is very much a just straightforward. This is just a Western story. Uh, It's just a hell of a fucking good one. The quick and the dead is a very not. It's not satirical. It's not a parody, but it's a very like amped up, like, you know, dials to 11, almost like comic booky version of a Western story.
4: That's a perfect example of it. Yeah, that is the perfect description, because if you're if you're comparing the three in story. Like Tombstone, great story, Unforgiven, fantastic story, Quick and the Dead, kind of goofy. But that's what makes it great because it's it's there's there's a a theme running through it, but it's basically a, a Western soap opera. And it's it's very yeah, it's very comic booky. And it's now that like I said, it makes perfect sense now that that you described as Sam Raimi directed because I had no fucking idea that he directed that. <laughs> um, but yeah, it makes so much more sense, too. And like if I could throw one other one in there for Westerns, that is close to my heart because even though people shit on him for his acting abilities, uh, he acted and directed in this movie and it won a fucking Academy Award and that's Dances with Wolves. Like, I love Dances with Wolves. It is a marathon, though. It is, like, at least three hours long. So if any of them, I would say, I'm going with Tombstone. Like, that's the one you should watch. But give Dances with Wolves a chance if you can because the story behind it, too, is really awesome. Like, um, Kevin Costner was on Graham Norton. Which I fell down a YouTube rabbit hole. Oh yeah, there. that yeah. Yeah. And like honestly, this story was what was what created the idea for me to start doing the Stop Me If You Heard This concept. Um Kevin Costner talks about how he had a friend who was a writer that was living with him in California and the right. And he would always shit on Hollywood. Oh, I didn't get the job because this person, I didn't get a job because of this person, you know, this person fucked me over. And Kevin Costner got mad at him. He's like, you can't just keep trashing all these people, man. You have to take responsibility for yourself, but also some of these people, my friends. So he kicked the dude out of his house. Right. And, he the guy like moved to phoenix and he's having a really hard time like catching a job doing anything that works for him um and he's like working in a chinese restaurant washing dishes and he explains to uh he's like on the phone with kevin costner and he's like hey i sent you a script man have you read it And he's like no i haven't read it i haven't read it and he's like please just read it when you get a chance And he's like yeah okay fucking whatever and the guy ends up coming back to live with kevin costner again because costner felt bad and he was living there and one night he's in uh kevin costner's daughter's room reading the script to her and that script was dances with wolves and he was like holy shit he's like he's like it just shows that like even people that you you lose faith and you still you know you still be their friend because eventually they'll sort themselves out and that's exactly what this guy did and that made his career but also too it got kevin costner an, an academy award for best director for for dances with wolves and it was just an awesome story
3: yeah man that no that that, hearing him tell that story on norton was was fucking awesome
4: yeah yeah it's a it's an amazing story um some of the other ones that are historical uh last of the mohicans is is another great one um braveheart like come on seriously like that's yeah everybody's seen that right i've never actually watched braveheart in its entirety it's it's a long, long movie. I don't think it's necessary for you to watch the whole thing as long as you've kind of caught the cliff notes of it. You know, like, hey, here's this Scottish guy. He falls in love with this woman. She gets murdered. He flips the fuck out. And he's like, well, I'm going to kill this dude. And then I'm going to free Scotland. And you're like, OK, <laughs> cool. And that's basically the premise. And like, it's it's really, really good. I, I really enjoy it. Uh, Apollo 13 is an it, this movie didn't win enough Academy Awards, honestly, <laughs> like <laughs> I feel like Gary Sinise and Tom Hanks in this movie, um, you had Bill Paxton, which God rest his soul. Um, yeah. And um, Kevin Bacon, just everybody in this movie was, was fantastic. Ed, Ed Harris was awesome in this movie. I love Apollo 13. I'm like, I, I could watch that movie on, on repeat and be perfectly content.
1: I, um, I see yeah, private
4: ahead. Ryan you we're doing
1: historical ones.
4: Yeah, that's, that is the war movie that changed war movies. Like they, they make movies like it, it's basically like war movies before saving private Ryan and war movies after saving private Ryan, because they were all a certain way before that. But now after that, they've all been like that.
1: That opening D-Day scene, man. I mean, that's just one of those, like, yeah, like you said, like there's certain things in film where if you're putting like the Hollywood highlight reel together from, yeah. you know, the 1910s and twenties to today and like the hits from everything, like, That makes the cut, right? Yeah. As far as like the image, if you're doing like 30 seconds from
4: each. Oh yeah. And like that, that opening scene, it it, it gets a couple of things that are very Spielberg and it nails them perfectly. Spielberg in his movies has a very dark sense of humor. And the part where the dude takes a, takes a bullet round to the dome off of his helmet. And he goes, huh? Wow. Yeah. He takes his helmet off. He goes, can you believe that shit? I would be dead if it wasn't for this helmet. Boom! Shot right flat. through the head. I was like, "Wow, that's that's dark, but that's funny." Like, "Holy crap!" Yeah, like that is this is just an awesome and just an overall awesome movie. Like, and it's it's a damn shame that Tom Sizemore's career fell the fuck apart after this movie because he was great in that movie. Like, yeah,
1: that's another one of the movies. You, every time you're like, "Wait, they're in that movie?" Yeah, there's so many people. You're like, "Ted yeah. Danson's in that movie." Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah,
4: Vin Diesel's in that movie.
1: Probably others, I guess. <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
4: Vin Diesel, Giovanni <laughs> Ravisi, um, Ed Burns, Ed Burns. Uh, you get uh, Adam Goldberg is in there. Um, just like fucking Matt Damon as the titular yeah. of Private Ryan. Yeah, Barry Pepper. Yeah, yeah. Such a such a great film, dude. Such such an awesome movie. Um, all right. So we got a couple more that that we need to we need to take care of. Let's 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 hit the big one. Okay, we all know how awesome action flicks are. We also know how great horror and sci-fi is. Um, I think we can get all of these in. We can, we, can, we can focus, right? We can keep this short and to the point, right, guys? Come no, on, um, guys. The slightest.
3: Okay. I all mean, right. yes, of
4: course we have.
1: I already forgot uh, what we were talking about.
4: What decade are we in? Um, let's, do, let's do action flicks. I, I want to start with the one. It's not even the best one. It's not even like I think I don't think anybody actually would say that this is their absolute favorite movie of all time. But I definitely remember this being like a game changer. I remember this is the first time I wanted to go see a movie in the theaters and it was sold out. And I would shown up at the theater. My parents had dropped me off. I had my money and I was like, well, fuck, it's sold out. What am I going to do? So I bought a ticket to the later showing and then bought another ticket to go see another movie. I went and saw So I Married an Axe Murderer before. Um, so that I had something to do. And then I went and saw independence day. The, this movie, like, again, not the greatest movie ever, not the greatest action flick ever. Um, but that was I don't know if you guys remember this, but do you remember seeing the previews for this and like everybody in your school, like talking about it, like, Holy crap, the aliens are going to blow up the white house. They're going to destroy everything. I have to go see this movie. Like I just remember the buzz around it and it was the biggest thing that summer, and it was, it was, it was awesome. And it was motivational. Like Bill, Bill Pullman gives that great presidential speech and like, yeah. you know, Dennis Quaid before he lost his mind blows up that ship, you know, like it was, that was a goddamn good movie. And I, I, I feel like I could still watch that one today. I, I don't think I could watch the sequel cause it was just hot garbage, but <laughs> the, that, in, that movie on its own was just like a game changer. And it was such a good flick. Um, Rambo, give me one, uh, the mask of Zorro. God damn it, this is just a good movie.
3: (laughs) I watched it again recently. It holds up 100%. The one one problem with that movie is uh, uh, fucking Anthony Hopkins as a Spaniard. Um, (laughs) His British accent, yeah. 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 He
4: doesn't even try. He's just like, fuck it. I'm going to do what I want. I'm Anthony uh, Hopkins, god damn it.
3: It's, yeah, oh, God. To the point, like, the the level of detail in that movie um, to the point where um Ben Banderas Zorro's costume is modeled is, is more Mexican in design versus uh, Hopkins Zorro, his costume is more Spanish in design. Um, it oh god, it's so fucking amazing. Uh, all of the sword fights are incredible. Um, the 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 primary villain for Banderas' character um, ends up being the guy who plays reverse flash on the flash later on. Um it, oh, ugh. Shit. You serious? Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh?
4: Oh no! 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 no, 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 he's no, talking no about...
3: Not Cavenall. Um, the, the 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 guy who actually is Thawne, not the guy who. Oh, not, uh, yeah. I was gonna Matt, say
1: like what? Matt <laughs> Lesher.
3: <laughs> Matt Fletcher? Yeah. Yeah, Matt Lesher. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty yeah. Pretty cool. Oh God, damn it! I'm have it's, to watch
1: that movie again real quick.
3: It's really Kevin... funny and incredibly charming, and it's fucking uh, uh Martin is Martin Green. Martin. He, he directed uh golden eye and um sadly green lantern um martin (laughs) campbell martin campbell um but yeah like he oh god damn it that movie is so
4: fucking good oh he directed golden eye too or uh casino royale yes he did yes he did indeed yeah i love i that's my favorite bond one i know that's a uh a hot take there but yeah like it's up there Okay. It's yeah. Really fucking good.
3: Yeah. But yeah, Ma- man, uh, Master Zorro yeah. is incredible. I have to date, I have yet to finish the Mark of Zorro, the sequel, um, good. because of the goddamn kid in the movie. Um, it is like a fucking palette swap for the kid in the Mummy returns, who I also hate. Um, <laughs> and they're just so irritating. They're so perfectly frustrating to be, to just exist at all. Um, and I've only heard good things about The Mark of Zoro, so I need to sit down and just watch it.
2: Yeah. Uh, MC Brooks, give us an action flick, man. Uh, this is 100% not my forte. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Besides, you took my answer anyway, so.
4: Oh, did, I? <laughs> did I really? Like, I figured, yeah. I, was, I figured I was going out on a limb on that one, man. Because I figured everybody <laughs> would like, come on, Lunsford, that movie's lame. But like, I fucking love Independence Day. Um,
3: yeah. I know you were not an
2: action movie fan, bud i didn't know that either yeah it's not well it's not even that it's more of you know a, a lot a, like a lot of the best 90s mo- i was just only like 10 when a lot ah, of the movies point. Came out, so That's a good point yeah. I, yeah I will send you a list brothers. yes please do i have okay. a lot of free time these days
4: <laughs> we'll let you well how about this we'll keep going and, and we'll let you comment on the ones that we mentioned and, and if you can tell us if you've seen them or not steve um give us an action flick that of choice
1: yeah, I'm going to have to agree with Rambo. Like, when you have kids in sequels, they're not very good. Anyway, let's talk about T2. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
4: my God. Uh,
1: That's yeah. one of those ones. Like, what, what else do you even need to say about it? I mean, it's, a, it's just a, it's so good. Yeah. It's the, be- it's the best one. I'm sorry. Like, it's the best Terminator. I I don't know. Many people disagree with that with that take.
4: I might be the only one because I think that the first one was better. I think the second one is – it's just like I was saying before where um, Unforgiven is a better movie, but I like Tombstone more. I think the first Terminator is a better movie, but Terminator 2 I enjoy more because it's more action-packed. Side note here, what the fuck's up with James Cameron and doing um, the first movie in a series is a horror movie and then the second one is action? Because Alien was horror, and then Aliens was uh, was action. Terminator One essentially sci-fi horror, and Terminator Two is just pure balls to the wall action. No, there's they definitely excited
1: for Titanic too. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I, you know, there's definitely something to say for that. The only the only catch there is
4: Cameron didn't direct Alien. That's true. It was uh, really Scott, wasn't it? Yes, sir. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, dude, I think you're absolutely right. Terminator 2 was like it was the biggest movie of the year. It was just it was amazing. Like nobody had ever seen anything like that liquid terminator man. That shit was amazing. Like oh yeah, I mean like super groundbreaking for effects. Yeah.
1: And that's one where, yes, it is definitely like a 90s movie. Like when you watch it, you're like, oh, that's the nineties. But I think that one more like set a lot of the trends more so than was aping trends to try and be cool. Like yeah. that one, like, you know, Hasta La Vista baby, like, I'll be back. Like that stuff is people said, like that's like the Simpsons were, you know, mocking them and like picking up their stuff and not the other way around.
4: Yeah. I gotcha. Yeah, that's a great one. Uh let me give you one. Um, not a a a wonderful movie, fucking quotable as hell. And goddamn does Sean Connery chew the shit out of scenery in this movie, and that's <laughs> <a> rock. <laughs> like <laughs> Just him and Nick Cage. <laughs> the hunt for road October. Yeah, just, just him and Nick Cage going back and forth, seeing who can outdo the other actor, and and who can be cheesier. And fucking Connery is like, you can't beat me, boy. Like, and he, when he when he gives him that line, because Nick Cage goes, I'm doing my best. And Sean already goes, Winners, uh, losers always complain about doing their best. Winners go home and fuck the prom queen. I was like, that is a fucking great line and then and then of course cage is like my wife is the prom queen i'm like oh fuck off nick cage (laughs) Uh, yeah the rock is a great one but while i'm on it let's let's just keep going with the nick cage thunder here face off oh god damn yeah just nick cage and john travolta again hamming it up who can be more of a douchebag who can be more over the top and like nobody wins because we all win that that's how that works because that movie is so fucking ridiculous but so fucking wonderful and yeah i i just it's so stupid but it yeah oh this guy you know he gets he gets killed so we need you to pretend that you're him we're gonna take his face off but it doesn't even take into consideration that john travolta and nick cage have completely different body types and there's no way that john travolta's fat face is gonna fit over nick cage's body wait. like
2: wait <laughs> Wait, is that the literal premise of the movie? <laughs> oh, You've yeah. Yes. See- yes. Oh, yes. Man. Their
3: faces are removed. Um, yeah. Fucking Travolta is going undercover because there's like a chemical weapon, like a chemical bomb or something somewhere. Um, and he is posing as Nicolas Cage, the super criminal who he's been chasing his entire career. Um, because, uh, for one, because he's a cop, but two, because. Um, Nicholas Cage killed his kill, killed his son.
1: Shot him right off a of merry-go-round like a real yep. asshole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. I mean, th- this is like cheese to the max. Like it's, it is. It I, if is. I'm re- if I'm remembering correctly, like Nicholas Cage's name is like Caster Troy, Castor and Troy. he's a, his brother Caster and Pollux. Yeah. And mm-hmm. yeah, it, it's. I mean, it's like cheese. And Sean
3: it, Archer. Yeah. Yeah. I
1: mean. It, it's like nachos at a baseball stadium level is a cheese. It is out of control. Yeah. Um, and it's John Woo. So there's like slow motion gunfights and doves flying around all over town.
4: That's what makes this movie fucking wonderful. <laughs> it's, so good. It's, so good. It's, it's so good. It's so shitty. It's so good. It's a like, perfect turn your brain off movie. It really is. And literally there are parts in the movie where like Travolta and Cage both say, I want to take his face hey. Oh. oh, like they say, it's like that. It's like that family guy thing. Oh, they said the title of the movie, like it's like that, like five times.
1: And, and at the very beginning, Nick Cage is Nick Caging it up pretty, pretty, pretty oh, something, yeah. yeah. where he's like dressed as the priest and he's like rubbing up on that nun. And they're singing like the kids' choir singing, and he's going nuts. Uh, I mean, even those five minutes at the beginning of the movie alone kind of let you know what you're in for.
3: Yeah, it's funny also to see nick cage keep playing himself like it never at no point is he not playing himself but travolta playing nick cage
4: yeah (laughs) he starts
3: nailing the the inflection and and it was there was there's a a little interview with uh with cage talking about where he's like oh apparently john like noticed something about like you know my inflection and the way i speak and like yeah motherfucker him and everybody else like it's really fucking obvious that you speak like a not normal person.
1: Rambo, you do a pretty decent cage though, man. That, that was, was like yeah. you, you kind of had it just right. I I agree. Funny.
4: Yeah, that was that was good, dude.
1: Mike <laughs> does a good walk-in, but apparently you got a nick yeah. cage. MC, you and I we got to find our we got to find our person to figure out, yeah.
4: I just Steve, I just assume that like because you can do the dumb Pittsburgh guy that that's what George Romero actually sounded like. <laughs>
1: probably no i don't know i'm not i'm not an impression guy i don't
4: know uh another like there's so many of them uh rambo i know i know that you mentioned this one and i feel like it's in the same category as face off where it's so fucking cheesy but god damn it it's wonderful and it's a it's a stallone sleeper hit that a lot of people don't know about oh demolition man is so wonderful Oh God! Just him and Wesley Snipes, just like again, seeing who can be the bigger douchebag in this movie, and like again, we win because of it. Just chilling scenery left and right. Oh God! Uh, is that the one with
1: Sandra Bullock where they like uh, go huh? into the future or whatever? And
4: the only restaurant that's left is Taco Bell. Yeah, because they won the they won the franchise wars. Because <laughs> it wasn't obvious product placement I'm for the fucking, fucking...
3: um um. <laughs> Dan, oh, what's his fucking name? Uh, The extreme sports guy from MTV. Dan Dan, Cortez. Dan Cortez is the guy playing piano, singing uh, the Jolly Green Giant jingle when they go into uh, the Taco Bell.
4: I didn't realize that. That's (laughs) that's fucking wonderful. (laughs) Because I'm filled with useless information. This is why you are a wonderful contributor to our (laughs) podcast, my friend. Oh, some other quick hitters here: The Matrix. Like, can we? Even even if you don't like the sequels, okay, who fucking cares? Because this movie changed everything. That like, first one was rock solid. Yeah, and like the About slow motion.
3: Yeah,
4: exactly. The the slow motion shit that they started doing. Like it, this movie changed a little bit of everything. Um, Jurassic Park, like, surprisingly, still holds up today. the The computer graphics are still pretty damn good. And it's another Spielberg masterpiece, in my opinion. I I loved this movie. Like, I think I quick story about this movie. Like when I was a kid, mind you, my my mom and my dad let me watch pretty much whatever I wanted. I I definitely remember watching Robocop with my dad when I was like six or seven years old. Right. But all of a sudden, like in the 90s, my mom decided that it was time to crack down on on little Mike Lunsford's movie watching. Um, And she was like, you can't go see Jurassic Park. Mind you, I'm 12 years old. The movie's PG-13 she won't let me see it. And like, of course, like a rational 12 year old, um, I threw a fit and went and goes and went and stayed at my grandparents' house for like a week. Cause I was so mad at my mom. Um, uh, <laughs> but like, my grandmother eventually convinced my mom like I'll let him go see it and my aunt my like my favorite aunt the one who took me to go see like the uh, the Burton and Batman and, and all the other cool movies in the theaters went and took me to see Jurassic Park and like it was just like this giant middle finger of Teenage Rebellion to my mom where it's like you don't want me to see this movie but I'm gonna go see it anyways even though you said it was okay. <laughs> Fuck you mom. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And like I just I, I really I, I enjoyed the shit out of that movie and like. I actually, I went back and read the book later, like after I saw the movie, because I, I loved the movie so much and was like, wow, there's a whole lot of stuff in the movie that's completely different than the book. And this is kind of cool. Like, yeah. So like. When you can, you know, a, you know, a film is good when you want to learn more about it and you read it and you're like, oh, OK. And I ended up going in and reading a bunch of Michael Crichton's other stuff because of it. So way to go, Jurassic Park. Thank you for uh, for inspiring me to uh, be more educated and read some stuff. Very nice yes any other action flicks that we have not talked about that we need to discuss
3: uh, actually
2: comedies count or just yeah man go for films. it bring it oh uh bad boys yeah fuck yeah yeah good call
1: started action movies with michael bay let's end it with michael bay <laughs> yeah
4: yeah i mean and and will smith at his will smithiest and yeah, like just just over the top, like just.
2: Well, this is it, early days of Will Smith. He he hadn't even been acting for too long at this point because this that was what ninety five. Yeah, I guess so. Probably
3: yeah. right around there. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I mean, just yeah. Actually, what came out first, Independence
4: Day or uh, or Bad Boys? Bad Boys. Believe Bad yeah, Boys Bad did. Day. Yeah. Okay, so he wasn't really the big hit yet because he was still on Fresh Prince. Okay, wow. I I attributed that the other way around. Okay.
1: Almost 25 years later, he'd be a CGI genie.
2: <laughs> <laughs> or if you've seen the previews for this and, new movie and, that he's going to be in, it's
4: going to be an animated
2: uh, pigeon as well. So, And he's going to be fighting the younger version of himself.
3: And fucking, what is it, Gemini Man? Yep. That'll be interesting. Yeah, it, The more I see of it, the better it looks. The more, the more interested
4: I am. I'm like, yeah. all
3: right. Well, 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 I mean, you know, we'll see.
4: Yeah, it should be, it should be interesting uh we did not talk about starship troopers uh we're gonna leave that one for a later episode because i remember mr rambo posted about starship troopers on his facebook page and it opened up this can of worms into a discussion about the guy who wrote the book and like it, there's so much subtext going on with that and like it was directed by paul verhoeven the guy, same guy who did uh Robocop and Verhoeven loves throwing in all sorts of like subtle things with his shit, and like he did that with Starship Troopers. So we'll we'll talk about that one later because there's a lot of things going on with it. Uh, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. God mm-hmm. damn! If there's a theme to this episode, it's. When and God rest his soul, man, but Alan Rickman, just hand the reins to this dude and let him (laughs) do whatever the fuck he wants, because when he goes, when he hams it up a little bit, he is fucking masterful because he does it in Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves as the sheriff of Nottingham. He did it in Galaxy Quest. We didn't talk about it in the 80s movies, but in Die Hard, same thing, man, like you just let Alan Rickman run the show and good things will happen.
3: It's uh... It, that movie is so important to my development <laughs> as a kid <laughs> um it i it didn't even occur to me that fucking kevin costner wasn't trying to do a british accent for years yeah. i had had someone point it out to me and go oh yeah that fucking hell yeah that's it's there are times when he's kind of like changing his diction a little bit but it's, yeah. it's def, he's never doing a british accent no. um but everybody in it is amazing around him um it also started my love affair with Mary Elizabeth Master Antonio, um,
4: <laughs> right? Yeah, but yeah, that fucking movie is awesome. It's so goddamn cool. It really is. And like weird aside on this one, I definitely remember getting the um, the uh, Sherwood Forest playset for all the action figures for Robin yeah. Hood, and being super disappointed when I realized it was the exact same it's playset the as the Ewok, playset. Ewok playset. Exactly. <laughs> the I was like, wait playset. a second. I have this already. I was like, motherfucker. I was like...
1: For a is... second, I thought you were going to say you rented the NES game for Robin Hood Prince of Thieves and realized it was horrific. <laughs> well, there's
4: that too, yeah.
1: There's Almost that. as bad as the Hook video game. <laughs> oh. Also terrible.
4: <laughs> oh, but that's a great tie-in too because we did not talk about that movie. Um, critically panned across the board. I, I don't care. I, I love that movie. There's something I don't know what it is. There's something magical about that movie. And I just absolutely love Hook. Like Robin Williams. Like could you find another person who could play both frightening borderline alcoholic, verbally abusive father, and then turn around and be the boy who never grew up?
1: Michael Jackson. <laughs> No not, no, not no, it.
4: No, not not feeling no. that. No, but I absolutely love Hook. I think it's a. I think it's a wonderful movie, and it's it's one of my favorites. We, God, man, we've so many movies that we haven't talked about. Like there are so many good movies that we didn't even talk about. yeah,
1: Fight yeah. Club. Uh,
4: yeah, Fight Club. Shawshank, Pulp Fiction, <laughs> Goodfellas, True Force show. Gump. Silence of the Lambs, The Craft, Family, The Craft, The Rocketeer,
2: Fargo, Glenn Ross, Jumanji,
4: Total Recall, L.A. Confidential, The Sandlot,
2: The Tracy, (laughs) Mask of the Phantasm, The Crow, Oh, Mask of the Phantasm. There's your animated movie, Candyman, Fucking Candyman, (laughs) Son
4: of a bitch, Chasing Amy, American Hunting,
3: Liar, Liar, Devil's Advocate, The Rainmaker, Yeah.
4: We didn't even talk about being John Malkovich. Steve, you had mentioned earlier, and I just want to quickly mention this before we go ahead and wrap things up. You said, um, oh, there's no movie out there that is just totally weird and doesn't make sense um, and is still good. Uh, I beg to differ, and I counter with being John Malkovich. When did I say that? It was something to that effect, and I can't remember exactly what it was that you said. I'm sorry. I'll have to – I'll check the tape. But, like – I only had one glass of wine at that party. I know what the hell I'm saying. (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to remember exactly what it was, but, like, it was something to the effect of, like, oh, well, there's no movie that – whatever. doesn't matter. Either way, John Malkovich – being John Malkovich, fucking out there and weird but also really good – like a really trippy concept. If I remember, this is a Spike Jones directed film Mm -hmm. and it's written by um, the same guy that wrote Charlie Kaufman. Thank you. The same guy that wrote eternal sunshine of the spotless mind. Yeah. Yeah. So weird out there, strange shit. Good stuff. God. And we didn't talk about half these fucking movies. Damn it. (laughs) This is the problem with having a finite amount of time in order to record all these podcasts. We have so many things that we want to talk about, guys. The Frighteners, we didn't talk about that. 12 Monkeys, we didn't talk about that. Ravenous, we didn't talk about that. Uh, From Dusk Till Dawn.
1: Uh, Good lord. It's almost like we have 10 years worth of movies to talk about and an hour and a half, it's yeah. its a little
4: tough. <laughs> it's not, a, not enough time. There's never, there's never enough time. Um, we could do, next week, we could do the the movies of the 2000s. But I think that maybe we should just kind of come back to this one. Um, no, because then we have so much other things that we have to talk about, too. See, ladies and gentlemen, this is not a bad thing. We have lots of topics and lots of things that we want to talk about. So you'll have podcasts for days and weeks and months and years. They'll just keep coming because we don't have anything else to do in our lives. So with that being said, thank you, everybody. Thank you. You guys, you guys are the fucking best, man. Like I could do a a list of movies by myself and it would be boring as fuck. But having these conversations and you guys bringing up movies that I completely forgotten about and I would have left left off my list. Um, but also hearing the like the things that matter to you is just really cool. It, it, it's it's funny and enjoyable seeing the things that matter to other people other than just like, oh, hey, these are the movies that were really, really important. And everybody just saying, yes, Mike, we agree. Like, I, I love hearing your perspective on these things. So uh, uh, thank you all. Thank you, Mr. James Rambo, MC Brooks, uh, Steve yeah, Thank you guys for being part of this thing. Uh, we're going to go ahead and wrap things up here because we've, we've had one hell of a, an episode tonight. But we will be back for more movie conversation, for more wonderful things that are all geeky and nerdy pop culture stuff when it comes to uh, the Great Geek Refuge. I think next week, guys, are, are we in agreement that we just need to talk about some of the news that's going on in the geeky nerdy world since we haven't done a Geek Sheets in a while? Yes. Yeah. yeah.
1: Oh, my God. How did we forget Phantom yes. Menace came out in
2: the 90s? <laughs>
4: Oh no, we we were was, talking um, about the good movies. Yeah, that was that was on purpose. I just
2: movies that came up. Yes, there were many. Hey, there were many films released. Hey, remember that movie
4: that was set in space with those guys with laser swords, and they talked about like Congress and like different trade tariffs and stuff like that. Wasn't that a good movie? No, <laughs> I
1: personally enjoyed Space C- span. It was very good.
3: Now I, I now I want a fucking movie with Jedi talking about like American Earth Congress, <laughs> just discussing it casually. Just, you know, lightsabers out. Just, like, wave them around and shit.
4: And you see young Padawans, that's how a bill becomes a law. (laughs) (laughs) What? Bill? Law? What is this planet? What are you talking about? All right, guys, on that note, thank you all so much for listening to another episode of GGR Pirate Radio. Guys, check out the website. It's greatgeekrefuge.com. Uh, make sure you check out our friends and what the awesome things they do MC Brooks is an amazingly talented uh, musician and lyricist you should check out his stuff it's on Bandcamp, you just search MC Brooks it's right there, pay this guy some money same thing for James Rambo we talked about it last week he's got an ass load of 80s movies that he did uh, posters and artwork that you can buy and it's on Etsy it's Art of James Rambo take a look at it, buy his shit man
2: Give he me your, your money, money.
4: Give all of the monies to all MC Books. All your yes. funds belong to us. Yes, you Give can look them- at
3: my stuff and listen to his stuff.
4: Yes, at the same time, at you same can buy them simultaneously. Almost, the internet is an amazing place where you can buy things quickly and efficiently. Do this thing. Pay these men. Steve and I don't sell anything really. Um, just listen to our podcast. That's all we ask. I mean, if you want to buy a T-shirt, you can. Uh, it's on. If you go to uh, T- if you go to Teespring and you search uh, Great Geek Refuge, there's T-shirts. But, guys, for all of us here at the Great Geek Refuge, we appreciate your patronage and your time and the wonderful things that you keep saying about us on the internet. So, keep doing that. And for all of us here at the Great Geek Refuge, my name is Mike Lunsford and don't be a juice bag. It
0: sounds like these you learn It sounds like It sounds like It's time and time again. It's times like these you learn to live again. It's times like these you give and give again. It's times like these you learn to love again. It's times like these, time and time again. It's times like these you learn to live again. It's It's times like. again it's times like these you learn to love again it's sounds like these
2: time and time again this has been pirate radio network production juice bags
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah boy